Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Seems strange to be celebrating Palm Sunday without marching around the church and marching through the pews to all glory, laud, and honor. But here we are still in the midst of this pandemic, and at the very least, we can wave victory branches of palm outside the church, recognizing indeed that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings who's come to save us. And we enter into this final week of Lent leading up to the cross with the final risk of the risk of partnership, the risk of claiming indeed that Jesus is our King, because claiming that Jesus is King is risky. Because Jesus, as we'll see when we look at this passage, is is not coming to be the type of king that brings forth wealth, that brings forth power, that brings forth prestige. Jesus is the kind of king that offers something new. The type of king that Zechariah is pointing out um, in, in in the reading we read before. Zechariah, of of a king who comes for righteousness, for peace, for justice, for compassion, for mercy. The true type of king who comes to deliver people. And so this is the type of king that as Jesus rides in on a colt that's prophesied in Zechariah, um, the people are waving branches of palm which signify victory. And crying out, Hosanna, which means save us. Save us, please. Save us, we pray. We join with that that pronouncement of of Jesus. You are our king. Right. And this is an important aspect because here we are at the Passover. We've been going sort of back and forth in our readings of that Jesus already entered or Jesus hasn't already entered. Um, but but here we are in the triumphal entry where Jesus is coming to the fulfillment of of his ministry. Right? He's going to the cross, but he begins with this triumphal, majestic ride of claiming that he is that king in Zechariah, that king who's come to bring righteousness, to bring peace, to bring true freedom. And he's doing it in the feast of Passover, which is that festival of freedom, of rejoice, of celebration that God has delivered Israel from Pharaoh's hand, brought them through the Red Sea into the land of promise. That God is the one who breaks bonds, who hears the cries of the people. And so by Jesus coming into Jerusalem on Passover. He's once again saying, God has heard your cries and he's bringing forth your king. He hears the cries of save us please. And once and for all, there's going to be victory, but it's not gonna be victory in the way that you anticipate and expect in a militaristic fashion. It's going to be the victory that's promised in Zechariah where God is sending forth a king who brings righteousness, who brings justice, 
vindicates the poor and the weak and the vulnerable. And he comes in riding on a colt. Right? And this whole this whole scene is sort of orchestrated by Jesus. This triumphal ride to claim who he is as king. As he sends his followers to go fetch a colt that has never been ridden. And oftentimes I've, you heard it preached sort of like this is Jesus in, in tapping into his supernatural uh, powers. But in, in all likelihood, this is someone who's met Jesus before. Jesus has been here before. He's been in um, Jerusalem before. And likely somebody says, if you ever have a need, Lord, I have a colt. No one's ever ridden on it. It's yours to be ridden, right? Somebody's offered, probably somebody's offered many things, many places to Jesus. And so Jesus tells them where to go and to fetch the colt. He says, if anybody has any problems with it, just let them know, right? Let them know. I'm going to darken this a little bit. There you go. All of a sudden the sun came out. Sorry. If anybody has any need or wants to know what's happening, just, just tell them the Lord needs it. And indeed, that's exactly what happens, right? And they say, go ahead, get on the, get on the colt. Right, and and so what we have in this passage then is is Jesus claiming his royal place as the Son of David, as that King, that perfect King that's coming and promised not to defeat Herod, not to defeat Rome, but indeed to bring down sin and death. to defeat the powers of evil. And so here we have um, in, in this passage an amazing sort of convergence of forces because Pilate is also coming into Jerusalem, right? Israel is celebrating this feast, this festival of, of freedom, of being delivered from human oppressors, of bondage. And so it's not just Jesus who's making this triumphal ride. Pilate is also making a triumphal ride. It's not in the scriptures, but everybody knows, right? Rome is sending forth their uh, emissary to keep peace and to let all of those Jewish pilgrims from all over the Roman Empire who've come from various parts of the world to know while you celebrate this festival of freedom, you still belong to us. Right, and so Pilate's coming in, Jesus is coming in. There's going to be a collision that takes place. Something is going to happen.
everyone knows that something is going to happen. In Luke's gospel, the Pharisees say to the disciples and to Jesus, quiet, please quiet all of these people. And they're not doing it just because they don't want Jesus to make this claim. They're doing it because there's going to be trouble, right? I mean, there's going to be trouble. If you let these people cry out, Hosanna, save us, and wave branches of palm and victory, and shout out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king. Jesus is the king. The governor who represents Caesar, the true king, is coming. There's going to be trouble. And indeed, there is going to be trouble. It's leading to the cross. There's no place else that it could go. Everything about this triumphal ride into Jerusalem foreshadows the cross. And the interesting thing is, in these passages, it isn't Rome that's ever mentioned, although Jesus does stand before Pilate. It isn't Herod that's really mentioned, although in Luke's gospel, Herod and Pilate becomes friends after dealing with all of these things. What's focused primarily is not just the chief priests and the the scribes even. It's the crowds. It's the crowds. The shift in the crowds, because this is where we find ourselves, right? And here it becomes the risk, the risk of claiming Jesus as king, the risk of partnership with Jesus. Do we continue to wave branches of palm, shouting victory, even understanding victory in the cross? crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, we pray. Or do we shout out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. Release for us Barabbas. Crucify him, crucify him. It's the crowds that are evident today as Jesus makes his triumphal entry, his entry to claim indeed that the Messiah has come, that the king who's been promised, the king who God has made a covenant promise with Israel over, he has sent into the world. That king is here. Do you accept this king? You lay your garments down. You're on the roadside singing in celebration. Do you then join with the other crowds that cry out, we have no king but Caesar, out of fear, 
or out of misunderstanding, right? You've misunderstood that Jesus going to the cross, Jesus coming in to Jerusalem was not going to overthrow Rome, was not bringing a militaristic defeat, but that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming to bring something else, a different type of freedom, a different type of hope. And you're looking for wealth, for power, for prestige. You're looking, as James and John were, for, can I sit at your right hand? Can I sit at your left in the kingdom, in your kingdom? Right? And Jesus says, can you drink the cup? Can you drink the cup? They say, yes. And Jesus says, you will. You will. They didn't know then what they were saying. They didn't know then what they were proclaiming. But it's the invitation that Jesus offers to us. Do you want to collaborate with me? Do you want to be with me? And bring forth justice and peace and light and love to the world? Do you want my victory to reign in this world? The victory of justice and peace. This is the invitation. This is the risk of partnership with Jesus, where we recognize that indeed his reign is not a reign that brings forth earthly goods and wealth, and power and promise, but indeed stands up against those forces to cry out for the least, the low, the poor, the weak, humble, to cry out for those who have no one to cry out for them, to stand in partnership, claiming Jesus as king. This is the risk. And in many ways, Palm Sunday is our opportunity in this, indeed this whole Holy Week, our opportunity to reaffirm this this partnership, this risk, this joining with Jesus as he defeats death and sin and the powers of this world on the cross, that we will join in this ministry, in this mission of bringing forth justice and peace and light and love and God's grace to a broken and hurting world. It's not unlike what we're called to do if you've been campaigning for a candidate after they're elected. Is after the election over, you just sit back, you've said, I've, I've 
cast my vote. Now it's up to the leaders to do everything, right? The president can't do everything. The Congress can't do everything. Even the mayor or the city council can't do everything. It's up to us, right? It's up to the people. It's up to the church, the congregation. The priest can't do everything. The vestry can't do everything. We, who are followers of Jesus, cry out, save us, please. Hosanna. We are invited to go, to follow, to proclaim that peace to seek ways to speak out for the least. How will you do that? We come to the end of our Lenten journey. And in this last week, I pray that you'll join me with walking to the cross, that you won't jump right from Hosanna, Hosanna to Hallelujah, he has risen. But instead, you'll come and join us as we strip the altar bare, where we leave the tabernacle empty. As we come to the cross and the reality that all of us, at one time or another, have cried out, crucify him, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. Release for us Barabbas. And see in that cross the victory that Jesus has paid for our sins once and for all. Not for mine only, but for the sins of the whole world because of God's covenant love for his people. That we may have life and have it to the full. That the powers of this world cannot stand against us. And then... As we wait in sorrow for our crucified Lord, patiently on Holy Saturday, we come then indeed next week to proclaim he is risen. He is risen indeed. But I invite you and challenge you not to skip those steps following Jesus to the cross because the triumphal entry leads to the cross. There's no place else could, it could go as Pilate and Jesus are on collision course with one another. Who is the true king? The king of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus Christ, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Amen.